I think, I think it won't be long until we'll be able to stand in his presence as the body of Christ. I don't know how long, but I think this is pretty good practice because he loves us so much. He is very, very, very much involved in our lives and in our progress. So my prayer this morning is that every person here will have a divine encounter with the living God. A living God, not one so far away that we can't even know him but right here to give us his life and to show us the way. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father, for this time to meet with you. Thank you, Father, for showing us exactly what you want us to do. Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated if you can. Well, first of all, I just want to thank all of you for being so, 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 so faithful in your giving. Wow. Almost $90,000 came in last week. Wow, you need to pat yourself on the back or whatever. I don't think it's over yet. I think it's just beginning. And like Eugene said, if you haven't given, you still have an opportunity. It's always open. And you have an opportunity, as he mentioned, to pledge to give like every week. I give something every single week. And then uh, when we have the special offerings, then uh, the Lord tells me what to do in that. So uh, thank you. This church is paid for in Jesus' name. God will pay for his church, and he is getting it done. And we just thank God for it. We thank God for this beautiful, beautiful building. It's just such, such a blessing. And people come into this place, and they say, you know, I, I feel the Spirit of God here. I said, okay, mission accomplished. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And I do want to mention a, a big thank you also for all of you that blessed me so much during Pastor's Appreciation Month. Uh, I was truly blessed. And um, last Sunday, I went into my office after church was over, and this beautiful jacket was laying there on a ch my chair. And I thought, hmm, I don't know who gave it to me. I, don't, I just decided if it's there, it has to be mine. And if it belongs to somebody else, too bad. Uh, <laughs> it's mine now. So thank you. Whoever you are, you know who you are. And if you want to let me know who you are, then I will thank you in person. So thank you so much. But there was so much, so much support, and it makes a difference. You know, we're all in this together, and I just thank you so much for all the support, the strength that you've given me. I do want to make one more, uh, mention one more thing. 
Uh, I know you've been noticing on the overhead uh, that we are getting ready to have a Women of Victory next Sunday evening. Now, one thing we have not talked about is that we will have a special speaker there next Sunday. So we want all of you women coming. Uh, it will be a blessing. It starts at 5 o'clock. The special speaker is Elaine Croucher. She's a very, not just a special speaker, but she's a special woman in my life. Uh, over 22 months ago, when I found myself uh, floating on a sea that was battered and waves pounding at me, and I thought I was going to go under. She reached out to me and rescued me and began to mentor me during that time, my grieving time, and helped me through the really hard times. And there's sometimes I would just think, I don't think I can make it through this day. I would give her a call. And when I hung up, I was okay. And so it gave me time for God to really heal me and to... She ministered to me a lot, so uh, I know that she will minister to you. So ladies, we're having a potluck. Write that down on your calendar. That means make your favorite food and dessert and bring it, and we're going to have a really good time tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow. Sun next Sunday at 5 o'clock. So everybody be here if you're a woman. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word? So am I. Father, I thank you so much for your precious word. Lord, it is what gives us life. Lord, your word is what carries us through when the storms of life beat upon us and we don't know what to do. Your word is a beacon light that carries us through. Thank you for your word. May your word be illuminated in the hearts and the lives of everyone that hears my voice. And Father, I just want to thank you for the precious Holy Spirit that you've given to us. Holy Spirit, I recognize you this morning. I recognize that you're our teacher. You lead us into all truth. You show us things to come. So Holy Spirit, give me utterance this morning. Take the very thoughts that are in the heart of God and project them into the hearts of your people this morning. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last Sunday, I, I just shared a little tidbit about the tale of two kingdoms because we need to know that there is an invisible realm that is influencing our life every day. And not only our lives, but is influencing our country and events around the world. There are two kingdoms, and we need to be aware of what they are, how they operate, and be sure that we're in the right one. So I shared a little bit last week. I'm not going to go back and, and review but if you weren't here last week, I took uh, a little bit of time and we went back and took, looked at the backstory of these two kingdoms and how they were developed. But I want to just move on this morning. I want to start with the same scripture we started last week in Matthew 6, verse 10. 
This is a foundation scripture that Jesus, who came from heaven here on this earth, Jesus told us, and he actually was uh, instructing his disciples, he told them, pray this. Now, I want you to know prayer is important because what we pray allows God to invade this earth. And so, Jesus told his disciples, pray this, your kingdom come. God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, many people think that God can just do anything. And their whole theology is this. It, whatever happens, it's God's will or God allowed it. And that's their theology. And so they have the opportunity to blame God for everything. You know, that kind of ticks me off. Because God is not to blame for anything that is stealing, killing, or destroying. John 10.10 gives us a view of the two kingdoms. So in John 10.10, it says the thief comes only in order to kill, to steal, to destroy. So we can draw a line. This side, stealing, killing, and destroying. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of Satan. <clears throat> Go over to this other line, the other side of the line. Jesus said, I came, came that they may have and enjoy life, have it to abundance, to the full, till it overflows. Life that we can enjoy, life in abundance, life to the full till it overflows, this side, kingdom of God. So we have these two sides. Which side would you prefer to live in? Which kingdom would you prefer? I think if we had a vote, everyone would want to be on this side. We do like to enjoy life. We do like all of that stuff, but sometimes we don't know how to get it or where it came from or that it's even available to us. And so we allow this kingdom of darkness that is from uh, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, says that Satan is the God of this world. And then 1 John 5.19 says uh, that the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. Did you know that? Some of you did. Some of you might not have known that. All we have to do is look around today, especially today, and see that there is such evil going on in the world. I mean, even in our country, unspeakable evil, unspeakable uncleanness, unspeakable things in our world. And sometimes people just get confused. 
about what's going on. But it's very clear and very simple. There are two kingdoms at war with one another. According to Romans uh, 14:17, it says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, that is the state which makes a person acceptable to God, and heart peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we here in this place, if we are under, living actually under the influence and living in the kingdom of God, we should be very confident, bold, because the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. We should be bold. Leave that up there, would you, just a minute, please. We should be bold and full of peace. Can you be full of peace in this world? Hmm. And what's going on in Israel? What could be going on in our country before we know it? Can you have peace? Yes. We can have peace if we're living in the kingdom of God. And listen, we should be the most joyful people in the world. No running around our bottom lip dragging on the floor, we should be full of joy because we're living in this fabulous kingdom that Jesus came and began to show us how it works and how it is established. First of all, we find out that uh, Jesus came in 1 John uh, 3.8. I mentioned this last week. In 1 John 3.8, it says that he who commits sin, who practices wrongdoing, is of the devil and takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned. He's violated divine law from the beginning. Now, we know that. So anytime that sin comes into our life, we are yielding to that demonic spirit that violated the divine law from the very beginning. But then we find out why Jesus came. This is the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. Anytime you see in the scriptures that it talks about the gospel, the gospel is good news. When it talks about the gospel, it's talking about the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And this is what it's talking about. The reason the Son of God was made manifested or visible was to do what? Undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. That's why Jesus came. Now, I don't know what's gone on in your life, but I would dare say that in some of your lives, and maybe most of your lives, the devil has wrecked havoc with your life on some level. Somewhere down the line, there's been calamity. There's been devastation. There's been maybe deception. There's been betrayal. There's been hurt. There's been brokenness. There's been brokenheartedness. So the devil has 
has done something in people's life that Jesus came to undo. So that's the good news. That's the good news of the kingdom of God is that whatever the devil has done in your life, Jesus has come to undo it. He is, he is the one who stood up in Luke 4.18 and he said this. Luke 4.18. He's getting ready to say it right now. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach good news, that's the good news of the kingdom, to the poor. So what would be good news to a poor person? Poor person, you don't have to be poor anymore. He announces that. To the poor, he has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, who are bruised, who are crushed and broken down by calamity. That's what the anointing of the Messiah came to do. All of those things that he talks about, he's talking about in the life of an individual that has been battered, downtrodden, bruised, broken down. Calamity has come into their life somewhere down the line and has crushed their soul, broken their heart. Jesus came to heal and deliver. I mean, he... That's what's his, in his heart. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to deliver the world. He came to save the world. And he came to change lives. So people that are born again, they accepted Jesus. And, and Colossians 1.13 tells us, this is the way that we move from one kingdom to another. So here we are over here. Devil has wrapped havoc in our life. We're confused, maybe deceived, maybe sick, poor, broke, whatever. I mean, we're just dragging along, barely getting along. And then one day we hear about Jesus. And then it says the Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. When you accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, in the Spirit something wonderful took place. You moved. You changed kingdoms. And now you have in this kingdom all these wonderful things that we started talking about. Actually, Jesus came to give us life. And that word life means to live like God lives. You see, when God, when God uh, formed man, 
on this earth, he had a plan. And his plan was to franchise heaven here on this earth and for heaven to be just, for earth to be just like heaven. And for the man and woman to rule and reign all over all of this. That was his plan. And they messed it up. And they turned that dominion over to the evil one, over to Lucifer, and he became the god of this world. He all the world came under his power. And now what God is trying to do and wanting to do through you and I is to restore the kingdom of God here on this earth even as it is in heaven. You say, yeah, but, yeah, I know Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. I know that. I know Jesus cast out devils. I know that, uh, yeah, he, he was the son of God. Well, you know, when Jesus came on this earth, he, he left all of his deity in heaven. He stripped himself of that deity, and he came down as the Son of Man. And he became the Son of Man, anointed by the Holy Ghost. And that's why when he stood up in the synagogue that day, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for this reason. And he said, so that I can reach out to those that are hurting, heal the brokenhearted, do all this stuff. And you say, well, that was Jesus. Yeah, he did good. Yay, Jesus. But then when you look in Luke, the ninth chapter, verses 1 and 2, this is quite interesting. Then Jesus called together the 12 apostles and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to announce and preach the kingdom of God and to bring healing. What? You telling me that these vagabond disciples went out and began to do the same thing that Jesus did? They weren't the sons of God. Hmm. Then in Luke 10, Luke 10, 9, he sends, uh, I won't read you the very first verse in that chapter, but it says he called 70. We don't even know their names. He called 70 more, and then in Luke 10, 9, he says this. This is what he, give, he commissions them. And we're going to see it in just a minute. And it's Luke 10, 9. And... I will find it. He says, and heal the sick in it. He says, if you go into these cities, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come close to you. So he's sending, sent 12, then he sent 70 out. And this was before the crucifixion and the resurrection, before anybody could be born again. And now, he commissions us in Mark 16. I'm just going to start in verse 15. Um, and he said to them, Go into all the world 
and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel of the kingdom, I'm adding that, to every creature of the whole human race. You see, you, they can't know all this unless they've been, they have heard. So he says, go and preach and publish openly all that I've taught you. Verse 16. He who believes, adheres to, and trusts in and relies on the gospel and him who said it, it sets forth is baptized and is baptized will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere to and trust in and rely on the gospel and him who he sets, it sets forth will be condemned. Verse 17. And these attesting signs will accompany those who what? What? Believe. It doesn't say the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. It says these signs are going to follow the believer that he just talked about in these, uh, these two verses before that that we read. These, these wonderful believers, something is going to happen from them. And he said, in my name, they will drive out demons. Do you know every believer can, is, even the least believer in the body of Christ can cast out demons. You have authority over every demon that's on the face of this earth. You need to know that. Because he says, listen, this is gonna, these signs are going to follow those that believe that believe in my name. <clears throat> They're going to cast out demons. They're going to speak in new languages, or uh, the King James says they will speak with new tongues. That happened on the day of Pentecost. Go ahead, verse 18. They will pick up serpents. Now, don't go out and do this, but uh, if you accidentally, like Paul accidentally picked up a serpent and he got bit, what happened to him? A big nothing. Nothing. Why? Because you have power, if you know it. It says, they will pick up serpents, and even if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They, does that give you peace? Amen. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will get well. Hmm. Is that for just the evangelists or the pastors? It's for the believer. This is the way the kingdom of God works. Verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord kept working with them and confirming the message by the attesting signs and miracles that closely accompanied it. Amen, so be it. Our commission, this is what God is commissioning us to do. Because this is what he wants to do in the lives of people everywhere. In Isaiah 61, Starting in verse 1. 
Now, this is what Jesus was quoting in Luke 4. And he says, and this is what the prophetic word that went forth about Jesus, and now we know it can be about, it's also about us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek. Now, that means someone that will listen, pay attention, and the poor, and the afflicted. And he has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives and the opening of the prison and of the eyes of those that are bound. Next verse. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor. You know, you're, you know that you're God's favorite. I always thought I was, but all the rest of you are too. This is the year of his favor. And the day of the vengeance of our God. What does that mean? That means enemies, you better look out. God doesn't like people messing with his people. He loves, the pe- he loves everyone, but he doesn't like the behavior of a lot of people. To comfort all who mourn. You know, this is, this is what I begin to stand on right after Pastor Charlie went to heaven. I did not realize that, that these scriptures talk so much about mourning. But I looked up the meaning of mourning, and it means the feeling of regret or sadness about the loss or disappearance of something or someone. There's a lot of people that's had a lot of losses in this world. Not just people. But there's been a lot of losses. And so there, there may be an underlying sense of mourning and you don't even know it. It's a sadness. It's a regret. If there is that in your life, then there is an anointing of the Messiah to bring healing and deliverance to you. I can stand up here this morning and tell you God is faithful. God is faithful to heal and deliver us from mourning. The next verse. To give them an ornament, a garland, or diadem of beauty instead of ashes. An ornament is something that has to do with making something more attractive. A garland is kind of what they wore, kind of like a crown. A diadem record. Uh, represents authority. He says to give them an ornament, a garland, or a diadem of beauty instead of ashes. There may be things that have burned up in your life. They're no more. They're gone. All you have is a pile of ugly ashes. There is not one single pile of ashes that I would say was pretty. Ashes are not very beautiful. They actually are a nuisance. 
I used to have a wood stove. I mean, those ashes were annoying. They aren't beautiful. What they are are just worn out pieces of waste or nothingness. And there's Jesus came, he has an anointing to take all those ashes and make them beautiful. Turn them into something. Turn, I like to say it this way. Turn the curse into a blessing. Or turn what the devil meant for evil into something really good. Can he do that? Yes, he can. To give, uh, instead of the oil of joy, instead of mourning. People that mourn think that they don't have a right to be joyful or they shouldn't be joyful. You know, it was a temptation for me after Pastor died to think I would never have another moment of joy in my life. But that didn't last very long. Because the anointing of the Messiah brought joy, and it's okay to have joy. Even when things are not all right, it's okay to have joy. Because there may be a mourning or tears at night, but there's joy in the morning. It's coming. It's coming. And the garment of praise... For a spirit of heaviness or expression of praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. That's depression. Do you know that you should never have a minute's depression in the kingdom of God? We do. But there's an anointing to break the power of that depression. There's ways that God has to give you a wonderful expression of praise, that garment of praise, you put it on for a spirit of heaviness so that you can be oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for justice and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, why? He can be glorified. What does a, a Christian look like that's been healed and delivered? Full of joy. They are magnets. They're magnets for those that are heavy and burdened. They're magnets. They want what they have. So God can turn all of the negative and the, the ashes of your life into something beautiful. I, I uh, ran across a woman. Her name is Katie Zusa. Zusa, if you put that picture up there. This woman uh, was a felon. She was sentenced to 13 years in prison. She was a drug addict, a drug dealer, she spent years and years on the streets, involved in all kinds of violent crime. She was a collector for drug dealers. She would go into people's houses, and at gunpoint, 
would force them to give over their belongings to pay for the drugs. She was, uh, she was in prison. She was, I mean, to other people looking on, they would say, this woman will never amount to anything. She just belongs on the ash heap of life. But one day in prison, she had a divine encounter with God. And God came into that prison cell and began to do what we just read. Begin to take this broken woman that was only violent, nobody would want to be around her, and turned her into one of the great influencers of our time. She goes all around the world, she goes into prisons, and she ministers to people and tells them how to get their souls healed, how to be delivered, and then how to get their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions healed. That's what God can do. He can turn ashes into beauty. And so then he's calling us to be the one to be anointed and go into our world and bring that anointing into our world, too, for those that are hurting. Now, we have a mission statement for Victory Center, and it's called Building God's Kingdom. One victory at a time, one life at a time, one at a time of whatever it is that we're working on. We are placed here in Guymon, Oklahoma, to build God's kingdom here. We're not the only ones, but that is our mission. That is our mandate, to build God's kingdom. And so we've got to know that we're anointed. And we've got to know what God's plan is. You know, I, uh, in, uh, June the 20, on June the 27th, 2022, I was in prayer, and the Lord spoke this to me. <clears throat> he said, are there perilous times ahead? Yes. Some hard times are coming in order to purify and purge evil from your land. Rest assured, no matter what comes, you will be well taken care of. Goshen, you remember in the Bible it talks about the land of Goshen where the children of Israel went? Goshen was not just a physical portion of land. There is a spiritual Goshen as well. It is called my secret place in the scriptures. Abide there and judgment will not touch you. Now I'm reminded of uh, Bob Jones. I don't know if uh, how many of you know who he is or have heard about him, but he had a great prophetic ministry. In uh, 1975, his, uh, he was very, very sick. He was hemorrhaging, and his, and his spirit left his body, and he stood before the Lord, and the Lord said, do you want to go back? 
And he, Bob Jones said, no, I don't. And the Lord said, well, did you learn to love? Because that is what I'm going to evaluate your life on. Loving God and loving people. He said, um, I'm skipping over a little bit of this. He said to him, now this is sobering. He said, a third world, a third world war is coming. But I'm going to bring one billion people into my kingdom with great power beyond anything that you've ever seen. And I believe that it's starting right now. I saw an account of 650,000 people gathered in Nicaragua. Nicaragua? You know where I'm talking about? (laughs) That place. And thousands and thousands gave their hearts to the Lord. It's happening. I believe what he heard God say is going to come to pass. And so here we are. We've got a mandate to be God's arm here in this place and wherever God sends us. This morning, I just want to tell you this. You cannot give somebody else what you don't have. If you are not a healed person, you cannot bring healing to someone else. The first thing that you need to do is get healing in your life. That anointing of the Messiah, stand with me. The anointing of the Messiah is available to everyone. You know, regularly, when I'm in prayer, I say, Father, I just thank you that the Spirit of the, God, uh, Spirit of the Lord rests upon me. He has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. He's anointed me to set at liberty those that are bruised. He's anointed me to open the prison doors of those that are bound. He's anointed me because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. The same Spirit that was upon Jesus dwells in me. And Jesus said this. He says, the works that I do will you do also, and greater works shall you do. So this morning I have two things that I want, to, I want you to take home with you. First of all, you have a mandate to share this glorious gospel of the kingdom with anyone that you feel like needs transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That's a mandate that we have, Jesus said. But secondly, Jesus is calling to anyone that you are not healed yet. You've not received that anointing yet. You're still depressed or or feeling crushed, 
by calamity. You're still feeling those things in your life and, and trying to deal with them. You know, I know psychology can help you. Counselors can help you. All of these people, yes, they're good. But oh, I'll tell you the best way. If you want to do that, that's fine. But you need to add the anointing of God to it. Because many times it's a spiritual matter. It's such a spiritual matter that only God can do some things that nobody else can do. You know, when I was going through the time of mourning, I realized it didn't matter what anybody else said to me. It didn't matter. I mean, it helped, of course, and I appreciated everything. But the difference came when I got before the Lord and just cried out to God. And I said, God, i got to have you. You're the only one that can heal me. All of these other people that are doing such wonderful things, they're encouraging me and they're praying for me and they're doing all of this. It helps, but I need healing. I need to be delivered from what the blow that the devil had brought. I needed it. There's no way that I could be up here today if God had not healed me. That's why I love him so much. That's why I honor him so much. He's so powerful. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.